It's, we're, we're so quick to look at the opposite sex as a potential romantic partner that it's almost impossible if you're in that mindset to like relate in those in mixed gender scenarios with people on a platonic basis. Welcome to the Strength and Dignity podcast, where we like to disrupt the Western story with God's biblical narrative. We often discuss difficult, avoided, or controversial topics here with the intention of diving into the scriptures to see what God thinks and says despite how countercultural it might be. I'm your host, Kelsey Pryor. Welcome to our relationship series, where we will discuss romantic relationships as well as topics like friendship and singleness. I'm excited to dive into these topics with you featuring various guests. If you're enjoying this series, please be sure to leave us a rating and review. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Strength and Dignity podcast. I'm excited for this episode today because this one is with my brother Jackson. Hi Jackson. Hi. <laughs> Hi Jackson. Hi Jackson. <laughs> Okay, so Jackson's my little brother. Um, he's 20 and I'm 21. And um, we're going to talk about dating today. And um, we're actually both single. So um, the way we know this, what we're talking about. We know what we're talking about. The way this episode is going to go is um, we, the, both of us have thought about dating in various seasons of our life very intentionally. Um, but we haven't like thought like oh this is like the best way to date like we like this is just amazing I've just found this new whatever um and so it's still one of those conver- those things that's like a conversation each time um but what I decided to do is there's a teaching from um like 2018 I'm gonna link it in the show notes below um that was actually really impactful <laughs> 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 Sorry, he's being goofy on camera. Um, that was actually really impactful to the way that I thought about just relationships in general. Um, so what I thought we would do is so that we have both a guy's and a girl's perspective. I've listened to it. Jackson hasn't. I'm just going to play this teaching and pause it every now and then, and we're going to like discuss and react to it. So that's how this yep. is going to go, um, and we'll just hop right in. It's a pretty long teaching, so this episode is going to be a bit of a longer episode, maybe put it on two times speed. Um, but there's some really, really good nuggets in here that I'm excited for you guys to listen to. So let's dive in. This is by, um, Matt and Julia Bradner. Um, and it's on the, it's the co-NCY Indie podcast, which is just a bunch of teachings from a campus ministry, um, in New York. So I'll, again, I'll have that linked below, but we're just going to start listening to it. All right, so you've heard about uh, the Bradner clan a little bit, and Julia and I, we're in our 18th year of marriage, and uh, that's right, there we go. <laughs> Could have been taken today. Uh, I say there's two different oh, he's showing, things about what? this, this he's showing. He's oh. showing a picture oh, in the talk. Oh. I was like, Do you feel like I should put this on two times speed? No. I listened to this on two times speed. Will that be? Oh my gosh, it's 64 minutes long. I told you it's a little over an hour. Oh. So if I put it in two times speed, it'll be 32 minutes plus our our reactions and discussions. Okay, well, it's up to you. All right, we're going to do this in two times, and then when there's something we want to, like, pause and harp on, we'll do that. Does that mean that the the listeners can't listen to to anything besides two times? Okay, well. So bear with us. If you want to re-listen to this, again, it's linked below. Listen to it one time speed. But when there's something we want to, like. But it's 64 minutes long. Yeah, it's long. We don't want to see too long for you guys. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Let's hear. More love. But seriously, so 
if, uh, if, if I could summarize our marriage in a verse, it would be Philippians 1.9. Paul says, my prayer is that your love may abound more and more with all knowledge and depth of insight. So Paul's talking to a people who are loving one another, and he says, love more and love better. With every passing year, I would say that Julie and I have learned to not only love each other more, but love each other better. Uh, it just gets sweeter and sweeter as we learn each other. And that's what we try to do with our children, and that's what we try to do with our staff and students. Is not only love you more, love you better um, than we did the previous year. So uh, God has helped us to do that. And it's really not an exaggeration or a dramatization when we say that our marriage is what it is, and our family is what it is, largely to years of relationship seminars that we sat in as students, and largely to right. years of commitments that we made. I just like that. You can. Our our marriage is what it is. No, she's saying it is what it is because of relationship seminars. Oh. You didn't let her finish her <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I can't. Our family is what it is. Like whatever. Who are they talking to? A whole like young adults, like uh, group, like a wow. college age group. Okay. She said, there's some of you that aren't going to get married. <laughs> Amen. Okay, sorry. Love others deeper and have God-honoring biblical relational principles to follow. So three of our favorite words is the title of a book that every area we talk about we go to, and the words are start with why. Uh, the, the idea is that we quickly jump to what we need to do in the area of relationships, how we need to do it. Uh, but the strongest and most lasting motivator is why. Why do we do what we do? So we ask the question, why are we passionate about speaking to you about this? And we have two answers. The first one is this. The problems are too great to remain silent. Why are we excited mm-hmm. about being here? Uh, the problems are too great to remain silent. So this side of the room, from, from this point over, if y'all would stand up uh, just for a second. Uh, this side. Uh, thank you. So statistics would say, you've heard this, that uh, over 50% of all marriages end in divorce. And uh, that's... 50% of all marriages? Yeah. Okay. Those who claim to be Christian marriages. Uh, but what about your demographic? So ages 20 to 25. If we could uh, if we could have from about this over. Y'all stand up. Just, if you don't want to stand up and you're in this line, don't do it. Okay, good. Um, statistics would say 60% of all 20 to 25-year-olds who get married, they went into divorce. Uh, so y'all can all wow. uh, it's clear that something's not right with the way that we're doing this thing called relationships and ultimately get how we're getting to marriage. And so that's why, one reason why we're here, the problems are too great to remain silent. The second reason we're here is because the promises are too great to remain silent. As Christians, we don't have to live in fear with the threat of all of these statistics hanging over us. Rather, we can live with faith in the promises of God that he has for us. Now, with statistics, only some of us are included in those, okay? Not so with the promises of God. The promises of God are offered to all who are trusting in Jesus and all who submit to his reign and his rule in our life. So now we want all y'all to stand up. Everybody all right, trying to get y'all going. Y'all going? Okay, so I think that was cool. I think I feel like that okay. was cool imagery. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're in this room teaching, and they're saying 50% of, of marriages end in divorce. So they have 50% of the room stand up. And then they say 60% of 20 to 24-year-olds who get married end in divorce and have more of the room stand up. And they said, but 100% of us get to partake in the promises of God and have the whole room stand up. I just think that's really cool. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's very sad that... There's not a difference in the Christian marriages versus uh, every other marriage. Yeah, and they're linking that back to the dating culture. Like, there's like when we look at the divorce rate, there's clearly something wrong with how we get into marriages, with how we like ignite those relationships. Um, for so many of them to be ending in divorce, I think another reason for it might also be just we don't think about marriage the way that God intended it, especially among non-believers. But what they're saying is. It's also the statistics. The statistics are also that bad in Christian communities. Christians who like value marriage and lots of people in in that position might even be like, quote unquote, dating to marry, and still ends in divorce. Well, do you really think that dating is the biggest? Like, if dating was fixed, that would all be changed. I don't. I think like human fallenness is the biggest component, uh-huh. but I feel like the strategy is deeply flawed. Hmm. I wonder how much of a difference it would actually make. Yeah, we haven't really seen 
anything in our generation like that. Because there's also an article I'm going to link below. We'll probably refer back to it a couple of times that Jackson and I have both read. Um, It's called um, Why Courtship is Fundamentally Flawed. Because that's... Oh, you can hear our dog in the background. Um, That was like like the Christian world's response to dating was courtship. And um, this article is basically saying how courtship is also fundamentally flawed, maybe even more so than dating, um, and how it also results in a lot of divorces. So we'll probably refer back to that a couple times, but um, it's it's just interesting to know that, like, the different strategies tried out in the last, like, two, three generations don't seem to be that successful. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. This is something that every single one of you who trusts in Christ is available to you. For the Lord God is a son and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That's Psalm 84, 11. Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or woman who takes refuge in him. Psalm 37, 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and be friends faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. All right, I'll sit down. Uh, the problems are too great, but the promises are too great. So this. I don't think you got many people out there that are offering something mm-hmm. that's very helpful, something that's working. So would you just consider? You just consider uh, what we're saying. So that's what I just want to praise. It's just consideration. Uh, so, uh, and then... so that's one thing I wanted to pause on, too. Um, that they're saying that some of the things they're about to say are actually from their real-life experiences. Like, they're not just these theoretical ideas. But they are vastly different than the way that we do dating nowadays. And he's basically saying, like, how fast are you willing to run after the Lord in this area? I don't know if you've given much thought to that question. Like when you think about it being like the the solution or one of the possible solutions to dating maybe being incredibly countercultural. Maybe the question asking the question like how hard and fast am I willing to run after the Lord? Well, yeah. What does that have to do with dating though? Like you're saying Like if it's like if it, like I feel like countercultural things in general, but dating is included in that. Right. Okay. So like how like choosing to run after the Lord rather than choose the easy thing that the culture has set up for you to do. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. Have you considered that question when thinking about dating relationships? Not really. Okay. Cool. cool. Nice, Jackson. I'm just kidding. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Have that's you? what. No, that's what they're. Yes, but a lot of that was spurred on by. Th- I would I would say like everything I think of is from a is from a view of attempting to honor the Lord, but it's not necessarily something that I feel like. Um, I don't, I don't feel like I am pursuing God when I'm pursuing a woman as much, not that I think that he's deeply involved in it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm, and I, it, which, which is obvious at this point because I haven't, I haven't dated that much, nor have I found my wife yet. Yeah. So I don't feel like it will be chasing the Lord's will until it's her, you right. know? So that's the hard thing talking about dating is like, how do you know you've done it right until you actually get married and you live for 50 years and you're like, right. Oh, we stay together. That was a good decision. Like we did that right. Or I mean, if we didn't do it right, God redeemed it. Or, you know, maybe another definition of doing it right would be doing it in such a way that doesn't end in catastrophic, like, um, damage after yeah. the two break up, you know? Yeah. I would yeah. say that's another way of doing it right. But. Yeah. For sure. And that's one of the things that the courtship article talks about is how like 
courtship was so intentional that it was an emotional equivalent to a divorce when you broke up or when you right. called it off. Yep. And I feel like dating is so unintentional that you go around, or sometimes can be so unintentional. Um, you go around creating all of these bonds with all of these guys or girls, yeah. and then you're torn up in multiple different directions. So it's like both of them are ending in, like it's either you get married or it ends badly. Like there's right. not really an in-between. Yep. So it all began a Sunday evening, October of, y'all ready for this? It's important to say Kemp's is a four person card game. <laughs> He, the, two teams of two. I think he meant, yeah, two yeah, and two. Okay. Yeah, Ladies, fellas, write that down. Take advantage, I'm not joking. Take advantage of opportunities to get around sharp ladies. And we were in the car, and, uh, and I was actually trying to, uh, and this is going to sound like I'm like the Christian player, but it wasn't like this. Um, Girl, don't you know that's where I was going to take you? You remember that? Girl, don't you know? That was a non-Christian right there. Um, But I was looking at Stacey, you know what? That didn't sound like a plan, but even had an idea. She was in driver's seat, and she said, Julia, tell me about your um your testimony. And she shared about coming to Christ, and then she shared about her parents coming to Christ. And that happened with me, and my father and brother came to the Lord after. And for the first time, we were sitting next to each other. For the first time as she was talking, I saw Julia Feligo. And, uh, and that's, I remember that was a sweet moment. So we had so much fun playing here. Whoa. attention to the people that the person you're interested in surrounds themselves with yeah i agree that's pretty important i don't yeah 
Do you uh, feel like you have any specific things that you've ever noticed, like around the people that girls surround themselves with? Yeah, I think that um, it's more it's more or less how they handle themselves in group situations that I've noticed more than the people that they choose because, you know, my whole dating experience has been in high school. So it's not necessarily like they're talking, they're sounds like they're yeah, college age yeah, right college, now. Yeah. So high school, you don't really have a choice. It's like your classmates and stuff, right. you know? So it's more of, um, how you, man, that was two years ago. That I, that's so <laughs> weird. That was really weird. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, but yeah, so like in high school, it was more of who, like how you interact with people rather than who you decide to surround yourself with. Because we we're all, especially during, you know homeschool co-ops, everyone hangs out with everyone. You yeah. Know? So we're all hanging out with the same people all the time. So it's not we didn't yeah didn't really have a choice. But yeah. Uh, but the next time I saw each other was at our New Year's conference, and uh, and y'all, uh, this is so silly. My birthday is December twenty eighth, and that year I had gotten this winter coat, and I just be honest, I thought I looked good in that coat, and, and I remember I had seen Julia since since the first night, and uh, and I remember wearing that coat in the registration lobby and sweating, but not gonna take that coat off till Julia Felico sees me. <laughs> no, this is real talk, y'all. So so I was already just really like. That's girl, funny. I just remember like dang, looking around, and next bus coming in. Finally, I saw Julia. I was like, yo, expecting her to like fall out, yo. She says she don't even remember the jacket. Uh, but um, <laughs> I love the one of my favorite books was The Pursuit of God by David Tozer. Love to give books to people, so I decided to give Julia this book, and so I wrote a note at the beginning of the book, and I didn't write the name of who I was giving it to, and I, and I left the dude to my room to be read. I said, y'all read this note. What y'all think about this note? They're like, sounds encouraging. I was like, good. You always want to get to a girl, and, uh, and and why did I do that? Uh, I, I just wanted her to know that that I was enjoying her friendship, and I was looking forward to getting to know her. Um, that's all I want to communicate. So I gave her the book. Got the book, right when we were getting on the bus to sleep, and uh, it's now one of all time favorites. I think everyone in here should read that book. No joke. A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God. Okay? Um, now here's the thing. A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God is what they just said. I had some really great interactions at that conference. We hang out, we talk about what we were um, pulling from the seminars and the talks and all that kind of stuff. So I disciplined myself from taking our interactions, from opening that book and taking his note, and interpreting them in light of what I hoped that he meant by them, in light of what I wanted it to mean for me, for us, for the future. Uh, instead, interpret them in light of certainty. And so the next semester, Matt and a friend came and took me and my girlfriend on a date. And then at the end of the school year, we went on our first date. You want to pause it there? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely important when you're reading anything or consuming information with the pursuit of growth, Mm -hmm. you know, that, and you're trying to apply it to a very specific situation so that it feels like it's like a sign or something Mm -hmm. to move forward with what you want to move forward with rather than, um, sounds like she tried more to make it objective so that it was always going to be right, no matter who she was interested in. Try to absorb it that way. That's mm-hmm. important because I definitely do the former, where it's like, yeah, interpret everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of just like truth is truth. Yeah. Project, and I knew that a handful of guys I led in a Bible study on my campus were going to be on project. So I huddled the guys up. I said, "Fellas, I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, I want y'all to get to know as many." Christian women on this project as you can. I want you to get to know them, talk to them, go to the ship, and I want each of you to come back in the summer and tell me who you think the sharpest girl on that project is. So I had a little, 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 uh, little hidden agenda. They had no, no clue about Julia. Uh, they didn't know that we had a friendship or anything. At the end of the summer, it's a true story, we sat down at the picnic table at the Landlubber Lodge, and uh, they said, uh, Maddie B, this project's full of amazing women, and we got to know them all. They said, but we've all talked, and we think there is one girl that you need to go after. And my heart was pounding, boy. And they said, her name is the BJ. He said, her name is Julia Fleeco. <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember being so just, uh, just, just excited and thankful. And, and, uh, and it, it, I will note this. Julia wasn't a team leader on the project. She wasn't a room leader on the project. She was on the servant team. It was her service of the Lord, her love for him, and her just fun with people that made them say, of all people, Maddie B needs to go after this girl. Wow. So, so I'm going to pause our story. I just want you to, I wonder what you're yeah. thinking right now. Yeah. What do you think about that? He sent all of his friends on this trip saying, find the best. Well, he said sharpest girl. Yeah. And they all came back and they all were like, this girl. I just think that's crazy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I know. To have not only people that you trust like that, but also people that are like seeking the best for you, but like also that they all agreed, like the same person. Yep. I just think that's so cool. That's story right there. I wonder what you're thinking. 
So anytime we speak to a group of college students, we assume that many of you hear the story like that and we think, well, that's not going to be me. That can never be me. They must not know who they're talking to and some other objection like that. And so maybe you don't relate to our story. So we're going to give you another story, a guy and a girl, to let you know we understand who we're talking to in the room. That story might feel foreign to you, but maybe you can relate to parts of this story. So we'll put it up. Imagine that we've got a guy um, on the left, and uh, here's this might be representative in the room. Comes from a cultural Christian home. This guy has a divorced home, raised by a single parent. His early years would say that this guy was shy towards girls. High school, experienced the first kiss. Many marriages. Uh, Y'all know the term many marriages. It's just a boyfriend, girlfriend, like you're going to be together forever, and then it breaks up. Uh, Many marriages, emotional (laughs) attachment, sexual activity, including intercourse, marriage talk with multiple girls, including the sexual activity, cheating, entering college. This guy's a non-Christian. Let's go with our girl. Okay, so here we have a girl who comes from a non-Christian home. Her home's dysfunctional, alcoholic home. In her early years, up through middle school, part of her story is um, sexual abuse. She had a first kiss, became sexually active then. In high school, became a Christian, but was involved in many marriages where there was emotional attachment, physical attachment, um, and there was lots of marriage talk. Entering college, enters college on the heels of her latest kind of mini divorce. Okay, so maybe now y'all like, you know, Maddie B. Jules, I don't connect with your story, but I kind of feel at home there. Um, what would I say to this guy? What would I say to you? I would say... 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, All the promises of God are yes in Christ. And this is true for all who trust in Him, even you, young man, if you would say yes to Him. And to this girl, to this girl I would say 2 Corinthians 1.20, All the promises of God are yes in Christ. For you, if you would trust in Him, even you, and you would say yes to Him. And maybe this guy would look at me and say, That's easy for you to say, Maddie B, you're not me. And maybe this girl would look to me and say, That's easy for you to say because you're not me. And I would look to him, and I would say, I am you, buddy. I am you. And I would look to her, and I would say, Actually... I am you. I don't know if you get it, but the first story you heard was Julie and I, and this is Julie and I. And so don't for a second, don't for a second think that whatever your past is, that it excludes you from the promises of God. We want you to hear. Aw, that's so sweet. It's a crazy story. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of adversity and a lot of, like, they are not, like, I think, yeah, I think there's, for a lot of broken people, it can feel like they're Mm -hmm. dirtied or something, Mm -hmm. like they're, they're, they don't have the ability or the, they're not deserving mm-hmm. of like a righteous, yeah. healthy anything. Yeah. And they're just going to be in this dark, like difficult, you know, struggling, you know. Yeah. And I think that it's important to, to realize. And I think that, you know, this is another, I think, big failing of uh, Christianity to make it sound like we're actually, you know, like there's a, I, I don't, I do think those, that, that is a, that's not the way I would want to live. It's not mm-hmm. the way that Christ would, you know, want me to live either. But it doesn't mean that there isn't room for everyone who, you know, right. is like that. I mean, that's yeah, true. especially because it's like, like, especially when you choose to become sexually active in a, in a relationship, it can feel like I lost my chance. Like that was right. like one time, like that decision changes everything. And on one on one level it does, but the, I love the point that they're driving home is that that does not exclude you from the promises of God, and the redemption that Jesus brings. And yeah. so like the the level of redemption. I mean, those two people they're saying like that's how they both Matt and Julia started out, and then this story like this like almost fairy tale like story that they told at the beginning is like what they got to like through reliance on Jesus and the promises of God. And they're in no way excluded from having that type of like, like this is the one experience, yeah. you know, like they, like that was still, um, I don't know. They still got to experience that in their marriage and in their dating relationship, which I just think is so yeah. miraculous of God that he, um, he does that. So it's so super cool. Okay. We want you to hear this. You're not disqualified. 
okay? You remember when Maddie was talking last night about uh, giving authority to God about your past? Have you done that? Have you given God the authority to free you from your past? Mm. Or are you still holding on to that and it's preventing you from believing in the promises of God for your future? We want you to hear that a background like ours doesn't prevent you from having a relationship with God and with another person that's really what you long for, what you hope for, what's more than you can imagine. And this brings to the surface some questions we want you to consider. Do you believe in the promises of God for you? Is your identity bound to your past? And are you settling today for less? So here's what we want to do. The rest of our time, uh, we just want to be helpful, so... Don't settle for less because of your past. I think that's a cool point. That's a very cool point, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to just address a handful. I think we're only going to get four, uh, but, but we slipped in a lot of questions within the questions. Uh, we're going to address a handful well, of questions real quick. about Christian. I would say the same can go for a uh, very pure upbringing, you know? I don't know. I feel like... I feel like there's some sort of pressure or they're like, because even though like you and I haven't, did not live the way that they lived as teenagers, mm -hmm. but gosh, that is a typical story. Mm -hmm. You know, that is like 98% of the high school that you and I went to. Like that's nine, like that's, that's, that's seriously almost everybody. Um, and so when you're, so for like the 2% that don't do that or whatever, it still feel, it can almost feel like you're, you're disqualified. Like you've missed out, you know, on the, like the fun part or something mm -hmm. like that. And that maybe like the, this next part, like this next part coming up is, I don't know. Like it, it makes it, it makes it seem like you can be disqualified in another way. Yeah. I feel like the settle that it can feel like on our end of things can be like settle for someone who's not fun or someone who's like, like settle for a relationship. That's like, all you do is talk about, God or theology like all the time or maybe you have to marry someone that's ugly because they have good values you know like yeah. I feel like those are some lies that either we can hear around us or that we just tell ourselves like even if no one else is telling it to us we think like oh, I have to take a hit or whatever and it's like you don't need to settle in those ways either like I mean it's just I, I yeah the, the points that they get into the intentionality through which you go through like finding your spouse I just think is really helpful so right. they're gonna get into that but yeah and uh, this is considered an FAQ section. So here we go. Question number one. How can I prepare for a healthy and lasting marriage? Uh, while we know we asked the question, um, we would really say that's a great question, but it really should be how should I prepare for a potential healthy and lasting marriage because mm -hmm. none of us know exactly what the future holds. And it's different. Um, yeah, what Maddie was saying, we really want to try and find the right one and prepare to have a marriage that is God-honoring, kingdom-impacting, healthy, and that can last. So our answer is to live in light of certainty. And the primary thing that you can do today is to go deep. And deep is an acronym we're going to double click on and tell you what we mean by that. And not only do we want to challenge you to commit to going deep, we would really encourage you to note the men and women around you that are also going deep. Yeah, and, and if you say, how do you get from uh, that guy and girl and, and everything that we showed to the testimony we shared at the beginning, it's because we committed to going deep. Um, that's what it is. All right, here we go. Um, number one is uh, D, develop your relationship with God. The certainty is that God has promised you himself. That's certain. Uh, not only has promised you himself, he, he promises great things when you seek him first. So Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things shall be added. The idea is that you mm. cannot miss anything that God has for you if you seek him first. Uh, I once saw this grid that was kind of like me and God. I love it. I, I just, that's the most peaceful thing, you know, <laughs> how much, how, um, how many plans like I've had that have completely fallen through yeah. and that feel like they're a step backwards, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then it's like, what, where do I go? Like, how do I continue? Or, you know what I mean? Like that, it's, it's like a, um, you can't plan for everything. Like there's no way I can plan at the exact time that I will find a wife or be ready for a wife or be ready for 
any task that I'm, yeah. you know, that I, that I am given, not just by God, but like by life, it mm-hmm. feels like, you know, um, but the comfort of knowing that just by, just by following what he has for you, it's, you're going to find, you're going to find it, you know, yeah. and it'll just fall into place. And Allison, I come back to God, there's a chance I miss what he has for me. Uh, we can talk and debate that biblically, but I think the point is, seek him, you won't miss anything. And the principle is first... Be- I, I actually talked a little bit about this in a past podcast episode, I forget what it was called, but um, when people are like, what should I do with my life? I talked about that's not that should not be the question you're asking. You should ask the question you should ask is how do I walk with God? Because you should be walking with God in all things. And if you are, like either the things you're supposed to do are will become clear to you, or the actual thing itself won't matter as much because God is like involved in everything that you're doing. Right. I feel like that's a little bit of what he's saying. It's like if you seek Him first, it's like there good things follow, even if it doesn't, even if it's not like your wishes are fulfilled or now you have happiness or something like that. It's just that seeking first the kingdom is the first step. Right. And I mean, honestly, and just to try to give new life to that, cause that sounds like a cliche, you know, yeah. like all you gotta do is follow God and then all your dreams will come true. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> it just feels like such a weird, like, or it's, it just feels like such an overused, overstated, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I don't know. I just, I just want, I just, I want it to be, to be clear that it is like, um, it is not just a, it's, it's a, it's a comfort, it's a reality. And it's just like, and it's not as difficult slash it doesn't, it's not, it's not supposed to be binding. I think that's the thing. I think that a lot of people might think of it as like about like, uh, and then, and that means that I can't just do whatever I want. Or mm-hmm. is that like, I'm, I'm not going to actually end up doing things that are, that are fulfilling to me, mm-hmm. you know? But that's when they talked, they actually brought it up at the very beginning of this, of this talk, they were talking about like, God will actually bring delight into your life. Mm -hmm. You know, he will make, he'll make it so that you're doing stuff that you love. Mm -hmm. And I just think that it's important to consider that, you know, God is someone who really, he doesn't just want you to like live. He wants you to exist Mm -hmm. doing, you're not just an NPC, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. some weird nothing doing nothing. He's, he's a, you know, you are a person that is a treasure to him yeah. and therefore he wants to treat you really well so yeah. Yeah. person you want in a future spouse and um at the heart of this y'all is a correct understanding of what is god's will because most of us when we talk about god's will we're thinking about where he wants me when he wants me and what he wants me to do and who he wants me to be with right but if you actually study god's will do you know what you see you see that god's clear and explicit will is who you are to be wherever whenever and whatever he calls you to so the scriptures that talk about God, we spend our time wrestling over, is it God's will if I should start dating? Is it God's will if I should kiss her? Is it God's will if we should get engaged? And here's the thing, God has never in his word explicitly promised you that he would ever reveal that to you ahead of time. But he has clearly and explicitly revealed his will in many other things that we don't ever think about. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is the will of God. Avoid sexual immorality. This is the will of God. Make the best use of your time. This is the will of God. So we're here wrestling over the will of God and things he's never promised to reveal while we neglect the will of God and things he's clearly revealed. That's why we say, develop your relationship with God. God has promised you himself. So that's number one. No, oh, sorry, I'm going to add to that. Okay, so Do your thing, girl. When, when we were <laughs> developing your relationship with God, I think maybe some of y'all might be sitting here like, seriously, we're in a relationship seminar, and they're going to say, study God's word, learn how to pray. But honestly, a lot of times I would have an interaction with him, and I would go in my dorm room, and I would get on my knees. I'm not joking. And I would say, God, I want to love you more than anything else. I really do. I promise you. I really do. Would you help me know you and seek you? I give this to you, Lord. If this, if Matt, would you protect Matt? Would you help him to learn how to share his faith? Would you help him walk with God? Would you lead and guide him for your name's sake? Would you do that for me? I was on my knees multiple times. God, protect me. I had been in a relationship.
relationship. That was a Christian relationship. It was not God honoring. It wasn't. And I was very aware that I am steps away from following my own desires. If mm. I do not lay my life down before the Lord continually, seek his word, pray, get involved in other relationships that lead me to God. So developing your walk with God is such a safeguard. I promise you that is nothing cheesy. That is real, real, real. So, sorry about that. Okay. So E, the D-E, wrong E, embrace singleness. The certainty that is here is God has promised you a period of singleness. Okay. Now, I just want to say erase singleness. No, embrace. Embrace. Okay, I was like embrace um, singleness. I like that she says God promises you the certainty of a season of singleness. I feel like most of us don't even think about that season, including myself. Like I thought I'm gonna get married at 18. Like I just, I just I, for some reason I thought that. Like mm-hmm. I that's just what you do. You grow up. You get married. You have kids. Yeah. It's not you grow up you're single for a while and maybe God gives you marriage. And I feel like that was really like weird for me to realize after I graduated high school, like, Oh shoot, I'm not married. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Cause I also decided yeah. not to go to college, which for me, I think was a wise choice. It's not for everybody, but like, it's, you know, there's this in between. And I think that a lot of the times we think about singleness as the times in between dating, but that's not true. Singleness is the entire season up until the point that you make a vow. And so, yeah, and I just mainly just like there is so much enjoyment to be had in that. Like, I think that's one of the that's one of the things that I always thought sort of so similar to this, um, this whole what we talked about before, like you're missing out on this end as well. If you mm-hmm. actually if you do embrace this season of singleness, yeah. um, then just like you, you yeah, you, you're, you, you might feel like you're missing out, you know, and it's and it sounds it's like. And it always sounds for for whoever talks about this always ends up sounding like they're settling or that they're like desperate or that because they failed at, you know, trying to get into a relationship, they just been like, you know what, whatever. I think everyone should be, you know, this yeah, yeah. but it's like, dude, in reality, just chill out. Like, it's just, it's just not like, you don't need to get, you don't need to get married like ever, first of all, and you don't need to get married for, um, for there to be some sort of like, I mean, it's just, to me, it's just such a, um, it's such a, it's, it's to say that, to say that you, your life cannot be satisfied unless there's another human, you know, in your life that can help you with that is for one, putting a lot on marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a, that's putting a lot of pressure on your future spouse, Mm -hmm. um, to make you happy. And then it's also just not gonna, um, it's also preventing you from really experiencing the joy and the love and the adventure that you can have as a sing as just, just as you, mm-hmm. you know, because you're cooler than you think, you know? And it's just like being able to like be with, be with like, and God is the one who, who pushes all those qualities out, you know, and that you, you can really like, I don't know, think, think about the responsibilities that come with marriage. If you plan on having kids, you have to like, you're, you're, you're holding lives, identities in your hand. Mm-hmm. Just how about like, you know, take, Years and years, if it needs to be, years and years yeah. for you to just um, be be ready to be like capable of marriage. You know, mm-hmm. like you and I are both capable of marriage right now, right. but um, choosing not to marry or just not having anyone is not that big of a deal. Like yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's I people have probably heard this before, but marriage is a little bit over glorified. And by a little bit, I mean a lot, especially in the Christian community and dating relationships and sex is over glorified mm-hmm. in the world yeah well sex is also a reason that marriage is so over glorified in the christian community yeah oh yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but okay let's keep going singleness feels like a great trial okay and a season of rejection and discouragement and we encourage you to take james two, james one two 
in view of singleness. Count it all joy when you <laughs> fall into trials of many kinds. For you know that it is producing something in you that without it, you're going to be lacking. Okay? Yes. So instead of get out of singleness as fast as I can. Which is most of our goals. How about get out of singleness as much as I can? Okay? Instead of getting out of singleness as fast as I can, getting out of singleness as much as I can. So there's two main areas. So pause that. What is, so that they're saying that you should just. Instead of getting out of the singleness season as fast as possible. Yeah. You get out of it as much as possible. I don't guess <laughs> like you instead just of trying like instead of trying to leave the singleness uh -huh, season, uh -huh. you try to reap as many things from it as you can. Like spending time with God, investing in relationships, investing in experiences, right. walking with God, like all those are the kinds of things that you can okay. get out of singleness. Yeah, that's what that's what we were saying, but I just feel like that they said that's so weird. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking hey, about? Hey, I thought it was clever. Remember speaking at a Furman uh, retreat? And uh, as a single man, it was a month before I was going to get married. And I was so ready to get married. But I remember staying up till 2 in the morning with the dudes. We went to Waffle House. We were just chowing. We were living it up. Yes. I remember crying Waffle House. on a ride a home uh, because uh, from now on, it would be different. Lord, mm -hmm. I made the most of this. I made the most of this as a single man. Thank you for that period. I'm so excited, but it's going to be different. Uh, mm -hmm. Seek to get out of it as much as you can. And I will add to that. The night before we got married, okay? Seek to get out. You mean seek seek to get out of it. Okay. Like to try to get stuff out of it. Yes. Not get out like I do. Me. Like it's like I need to get out of it. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. Seek to get as much out of it as you can. And I remember saying, God, I'm so ready, so right. This is right. We're gonna be unified into one. But you have been so sufficient for me in singleness. And tomorrow I'm gonna be united with a man who you're gonna teach me and lead me through. We're gonna have an amazing marriage, but this is gonna end in that way a little bit. And I think you've helped me make the most of singleness. My my um, intimacy with the Lord was so rich and full. Maximize your period of singleness. So where am I? Okay, second area, first area. Oh, sorry. We're gonna maximize. You can maximize singleness in two main areas. The first is your contentment. Be content where God has you. And, and, and be content not where you are. Be content where God has you. Mm -hmm. It's totally different. Mm -hmm. So when we say embrace singleness, we don't mean that your goal is to just fall in love with singleness. I just love being single. Bachelor to the rapture. That's you know, it, nah, <laughs> uh, you missed it. It's, it's not about the period. What's it about? So we tend to get stuck on where we are, what, where we are in the season. When contentment is about who has us, where we are, who has you here. Who's responsible for your season of life, okay? During the season, your goal can be to fall in love with God and to grow in your trust that He is the one that authors your days. If He saw it any better, there's a better season for you to be in. And that's hard, y'all, because there's many days of tears and seasons that we're in. But we can trust that the good author of God is in that and He is responsible. Then, eventually, you can find yourself at Psalm 16, when you can say, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Proverbs 31 woman says that she smiles at the future now, she doesn't, she's not like a, like a ball. She can't see crystal ball. She doesn't know what the future holds, but she does know who holds the future, and that's why she can mm. smile in contentment and rest. And Paul tells us in Philippians 4 that he's learned to be content in all things. Singleness is the number one learning ground for you. And how is it for preparation for marriage? Well, if you aren't able to embrace the seasons you're in now, the question is, why do you think you're going to be able to embrace the next season that you're in, okay? You're going to end up being in marriage and be discontent, okay? Mm -hmm. Contentment, God can teach you now a healthy habit to fully receive his season so that you I, I recently read something that was about like how sometimes something that people say in the Christian culture about singles is like, well, I just have to work on myself in order to be worthy of marriage or in order to be ready for marriage. But I think, first of all, we're never going to be ready. And second of all, it's like God isn't un incapable of giving you something because of the place that you're at. Like... You know, I feel like we think we we almost elevate our own thinking of our own selves. Like there's something I can do 
in order to earn this. It's like the opposite of the gospel. Like the, the root of the gospel is you did nothing to deserve it, but God gave it to you anyways. And like, I feel like it's a little bit like that with marriage. Like we, like, no, like you could find the best person for you ever. Maybe not the most perfect person, but the best person for you, like, like the one. And like, you don't really deserve that and they don't really deserve you. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like thinking, well, if I just better at being single, then I'll be ready. You know, I'll deserve marriage or something like that. But it's like, no matter where you're at, you're always going to like fall short of something. And so I think that like, instead of just, instead of the purpose of working on quote unquote, working on yourself in your singleness season, being so that you can deserve marriage, like make it be like what they're saying, being where God has you. And that's going to be by his side. Like he's never going to wish for you to be anywhere, but by his Mm -hmm. side. And so like, how, like, how are you walking with him in this season for the pure sake of walking with him, not for the sake of trying to deserve marriage? Hmm. Yeah. Yep. I also think that again, just the emphasis on marriage is really not the end. Like it's not, that is, it's not like, and then it, it'll be complete it's not like it's just, it's going to be it's going to it's just another season of things you're going to be discontent about another season of things that are going to have problems like there's no way you can prepare enough to avoid you know or to to, to let it you know and you can i'm not saying that you can't love your spouse like no i'm saying it's going to not going to be enjoyable but I, I feel like there is something for me like there is a some sort of like a, a misconception that i subconsciously believe that once i get married x struggles will go away mm-hmm. you know um, or X struggles will be easier or there because there will be, you know, someone with me. And I just, it's going to create a, another layer of problems as mm-hmm. well as creating a, a lot of things. So it's still, it's still ultimately a good thing, but it's just, it's not like, uh, it's not like it's going to solve the fact that you have problems. Yeah. So maximizing this with contentment and then commitment. And what we would say about that is, we really believe that someone's commitment to God is an indication into their commitment in marriage. Uh, so, you know, that might sound a little harsh. I just think from my experience that whenever you see people... Wait, can you play... What is that? Your co- the display of your commitment to God... Yes. ...is a reflection of what your commitment will be in marriage. Okay. ...the training ground that they can extend that full commitment to a spouse. Whenever I was dating Julia, I knew she liked Maddie B and she loved the Lord. And I saw her guard against anything that might come in, in between her relationship with God. And, uh, and so Psalm of Solomon 2.15 says, Catch the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. I saw her do that in a relationship with God, and guess what? That's what she's done for 17 years in our marriage. Mm. I know that if there's anything that could come in and, 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 and take away from our love, my, my wife guards it. And, and she did it with her Lord, and I knew she would do it to me. So contentment mm. and commitment. All right, number three. Okay, so we have, we're on the second? We're on second E. All right, embrace friendships. And they had a seminar on this, uh, so you didn't go no, to it. Listen to it after this. Okay, embrace friendships. The certainty here is God has promised you friendships, but he has not promised you marriage. Okay? Mm. We encourage you to stop viewing the opposite sex as a potential mate and see them as a present brother or sister. Most of us need rewiring here, okay? We need our brain to be rewired here. We usually will pursue getting to know someone based on whether or not there's a romantic interest there, an attraction of some kind. And as Christians, we are now told that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. So the principle is this. Our relationships used to be guided by potential for romance, now they're guarded by the potential for encouragement. That's huge. Uh, when, 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 what do you think about that? I, um, I, I think I would have actually had a problem with that maybe a couple months ago. Um, 
I think I'm in a very healthy spot where I am pretty content with being single. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it actually is irritating when people try to matchmake. Yes. So when, and that is because again, it's just like, oh, because there's no way you're happy right Right. now. You know what I mean? It's like, of course, like you want me to like help you out by like finding this girl and immediately making her in your, immediately like, let me do the the work for you to make it so that you two should be romantically interested. You know, it's just like, dude, like, thank you. I know you know, cause like, you know, cause whoever that friend might be, it's mm-hmm. like, thank you. Cause you know that I want to date, you know that I want mm-hmm. to be married eventually, but I would much rather just like, you know, have, I seriously would at this point, I would much rather just have friend have female friends rather yeah. than like every, or I, I no, that's not true. I would rather every female who comes into my life be considered a friend first, not a potential mate. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. Yes. And that's just that, like she said, there's a lot of rewiring that needs to happen there because like as soon as you start to make friends with the opposite gender, um, it, the way that people look at it is first through a romantic lens. Like, oh, are you guys together? Not, mm-hmm. oh, you guys must be really good friends. And I feel like sometimes it's just hard to manage a healthy, like opposite sex friendship. Yeah. And so it does look different than a same sex friendship. Yeah. But, um it doesn't mean that it's impossible and it does mean like it doesn't mean that there's nothing you can get out of an opposite sex friendship uh, yeah I agree with that but here another another cool thing like here's a to give you an idea like so I have a group of friends I two I have a lot of groups of friends but there there are two that I want to like point out so like one of them is um every time we hang out and it's like it's like eventually the conversation boils down to so when are you going to find a girl you know, or like, there's really no one that you're into right now. Like no one, come on. Are these older or younger friends? Uh, same age. Okay. Um, and it's like, and it's like, uh, like, you know, what, what could the, you know, why could this be? Like you have, like you sure, again, like the same thing I was was saying before, surely you are like looking about this and thinking about this, you know, like, so what's the, like, what's the latest? And then, um, there's another group of friends that I'm with that it's literally one sentence. Uh, it's like, so Jack, any update on a girl? Um, and I'm like, uh, no, not really cool. And you know, and it's just like, there's no need to dig that in or make it me feel, make me feel the pressure of like, you're not like, you should, you should really, yeah, you you need to defend, you need to come up with a defense of why you're single still, because of course that's the last thing people would want. So it's just like, I don't know. I am. And yeah, that was, and that was from someone older who's like, who's just like, so any update on a girl? No. Cool. Yeah. Like everyone, everyone older, you know, and then, and then maybe if I don't know them very well, like that, that, that's a friend group. Maybe if they're, if it's someone else who asked the same question and have the same reaction, they would probably maybe like, so what's your thought of like, you know, like this, like what we're talking mm-hmm. like, what do you have a dating philosophy or like, what do you like, mm-hmm. you know, and I might explain it to them, but they're asking purely out of curiosity, not out yeah. of like, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. It's, it's just hard when it feels like there's, other people think there's something wrong with the fact that you don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend. Right. Like, singleness is the status quo. And so for someone to think that there's something wrong with the fact that you're not dating someone is a little bit bizarre because, like, I'm naturally single. Like, I was born single. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, like it's a miracle that so many people actually get married. You know what I mean? And Whoa. it kind of explains the 50% divorce rate. Yeah, I was about to say, like, everyone else, like, apparently half of them get divorced. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Hi, 
the guy who was leading me and some other guys challenged us to view women as potential for encouragement. Uh, that's that's what started the, I want to get to know the Christian girls in our ministry, and I want to encourage them, because if a Christian man isn't encouraging them, they're going to go find it somewhere else. Hmm. And so we, we fought to stop viewing girls in light of potential for romance, but encouragement. Final area, pour out your life. That's the key. Um, God has promised you the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. We're going to talk about both of these in detail tonight with the Great Commission, but but here's what I would say. It is just a sad sight to see a boy or a man and a woman get in a relationship on a campus, and then they're both pretty much checked out from that point. Huh. He only comes to what she comes to, what both of them can't come to, neither of them come. I, I mean, they, they pretty much... Uh. We're going to commit to what is uncertain. This relationship mm-hmm. and neglect during our college years what is certain. What, yeah. Being a, having an impact on the campus. And I Ooh, just, that is so good. Dude, that is the most annoying thing in the world. When that the per, the person that the person is in a relationship with changes based on that relationship. Yeah, it's just so much. Like well, I love what, how they phrased it. They decide to invest into what's uncertain and yes. neglect what is certain. Yes, I feel like this is part of the whole singleness thing. Like viewing yourself as still a single person and not a married person. Like Paul in First Corinthians seven divides the single per- describes the single person as an undivided person. Like the gift and the purpose of this season of life is that you get to be undivided before the Lord. And if you're significant other is causing you to be divided before the Lord, that's an ungodly relationship. Like, frankly, okay? Like, even if you are being, like, you don't even touch each other and you only talk about, like, upright things, if that person is causing you to be divided before the Lord, they're causing you to live a fake marriage life before you've made a vow, which is ungodly. That's a big, that's a yep. controversial thing I just said. But, I mean... You agree with that? If I, I just, I think the only thing, like, if if you disagree with that, what, like, of course, like what you said, like, it's controversial because it's a big claim to make. Yeah. But um, if you look at the, just look at the data. So you've got the fact that you know, you got the fact that every relationship that is like that, once they break up. Mm-hmm. It ends horribly. They hate each other. They can't see each other. Or it's just so sad. Yeah, or just Time. yeah, or they yeah, or they're an utter depression. Mm-hmm. Um, they're literally going through withdrawal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or you've got uh, the fact that they get married. You know, and they're they're together, and they struggle in their marriage. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not what they thought it was going to be. And then there are some, like not just some, sixty percent apparently yeah. of those people will get divorced. So most of the time, even after that, they, they, it'll end again. Like another, there's yeah. another, like cat, more catastrophic than before. And like, I don't know how many people, how many of those couples have children, but now you've ruined other lives, you right. know? And so it's just like, man, like the amount of potential damage that like, like, so all I'm saying is like, when you look at, when you look at, and you ask that question, like what mm-hmm. you, what you basically just claimed is that that kind of relationship is bad. Mm-hmm. You need to look at the fruit of that. Right. And the fruit is bad, like yeah. almost every time, you know, um, there are, or you're just going into marriage, like thinking you're prepared for something that is like a lie or not just marriage relation. Like he's not even talking about marriage explicitly. Well, I'm, I'm saying like, if you, if you have like a relationship like that, where you have what he right. was calling mini marriages before marriage, and then you end up marrying that person. I feel right. like you're, you're almost less prepared for marriage because then you find out how discontented it is <laughs> yeah. and you're like, well, this wasn't what I was promised that you think you were promised by spending so much time. Like I, I spent so much time with you and I invested so much in you to like be sure of who I was marrying. It's yeah. like, it's not a very good judgment of that. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> I was preparing for my marriage and Lord said, I know, but, but she wasn't there. 
That would, that would feel, uh, you would feel like such an idiot. Yeah. Like I, I would just feel so stupid. What he said, what he said real quick, if you missed it, he said, um, when God asks you like, what were you doing during your college years? And then you say, well, I was preparing for marriage. And he said, but she wasn't there. Like she wasn't there. Oh, like what a freaking, like, can you imagine you spend your entire college? Like you're in the prime of your, you're in your physical prime. You're in your social prime. Mm-hmm. You're in your education prime. And you're in your financial depression, but you are like ready. You're like, you're like with experience. I don't know. Like there are so many things about it that you are like prepared. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I, I mean, yeah, like for, for God or just to like have fun. Like yeah. and you've spent it all waiting for something. Yeah. For something that never comes like that. Mm. You, like you were let, like, that's the biggest stand up of all time. And the worst thing is you did it to yourself. Like yeah. it's not like someone promised you that you were going to get that. And they, mm. they didn't exactly. That's through. what they're saying. God does not promise you that there are things that he does promise you a relationship or a marriage is not one of them. Like there's nowhere in scripture that it says that you are promised a spouse. And Christianity is actually one of the only religions or cultures or whatever that says that there is a place for single people, which we will talk about in my singleness episode. So we won't get totally into that right now, but there is a place and there is a role for single people. And most Christians do not see that as a valued role in the society of Christianity. It, it is marriage that's the end goal, which that's not true. It's a promise that, we've, that we have yeah. come up with in thin air. Oh, oh, sorry. One more thing. One more thing about the friends. Uh-huh. This is another thing I've been thinking about. Um, marriage doesn't last into the kingdom. You know, you don't, you don't stay married in heaven, you know. Hmm. Um, friendships will last for eternity. You know what I mean? Like that, that is something that is will... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna remain, you know, you're not gonna remain married in heaven. You know what I mean? You're not you're no but longer. They, what about the friendship part? The friendship. I mean, it's just it's like it's just. Are you gonna stay in? Are you gonna be with the people that? Like there's gonna be community. There, yeah, yeah. That's a better way of saying. There, there is community. There is not marriage. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like so. Okay, so this 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 would be like so you're with your you're with your closest group of Christian friends, meaning that they're all like you know you're all so then you all die, go to heaven or rapture, whatever comes first, you know whatever like you know you you're in the kingdom in the future. Mm-hmm. You're nothing about your friendship status, your relationship status has changed, you know, mm-hmm. and everything that you and in fact everything that you built like if you are friends with this person from birth or mm-hmm. from like kindergarten or whatever and you're still friends with them now and you get to remain friends for all eternity mm-hmm. like you're actually investing in a relationship that literally will last forever you know what i mean versus a relationship that is that is incredibly useful and helpful if done properly i'm going to talk about marriage mm-hmm. um uh in this world and it, but like but there's one that you can you can get anywhere and there's one that you can get in one well also sense. marriage is just supposed to be a dim dim reflection of our relationship with Jesus, which is going to be fulfilled in the kingdom, in in the new heavens and the new earth. Um, It's like the the pinnacle, like of what you're searching for in marriage. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be fulfilled in the kingdom, not in your marriage. Right. Okay. The question wasn't how can I get there? You don't get married. We, we can patch you up. You can go and get yeah, married. Yeah, go get married. How can I prepare for healthy and lasting marriage? And, and that's the answer, too. So, uh, question number two. Question number two. That was one question. What does the Bible say about dating? Question number two. Frequently asked question. What does the Bible say about dating? Well, dating is cultural, not biblical. 
But hold up, that's not to say that dating is unbiblical. It's just to say it's not a biblical term. It's just not a biblical term. While dating is our cultural norm, there's lots of areas in our world that that's not how they do things. So the question for us is, what is the biblical response to this cultural norm? I think we need to ask that more often. What's the biblical response to this cultural norm? And I feel like sometimes, like people like the Amish ask this all the time. What's the biblical response to mm -hmm. this cultural norm? And the Amish live like the Amish. So it's not like, you know, don't take that all the way in one direction. But that is something that some people might not consider as often as they should. So what is our culture's dating process? So generally speaking, it goes something like this. Your friends, you move into dating, you become exclusive, you get engaged, and then you get married, just generally speaking. So what about the Bible, all right? Well, it does clearly identify some categories, two main categories, a brother and sister relationship and a husband-wife relationship. Okay, at first glance, the Bible does not seem to give us much instruction on how to go from friend to marry, right? Now, we will go ahead and gladly admit, go ahead and put the next slide, please, that there clearly is a third category between brother, sister, and husband and wife. Uh, I'm gonna call it exclusive relationship. Okay. So there clearly is that category. And I'm, here's glad. What we want to do. I'm glad they said that. This, this is Bible. This is wisdom of 20 years working with college students. And, and we want to offer you to consider something. We want to press in on the way you think about how quickly you need to get into an exclusive relationship and how long you think you need to be there in order to learn if this person is a match for you. Mm -hmm. So that's what we want to press in. So uh, how quickly, see in our culture, any guy or girl that you really like is someone that you quickly get into an exclusive relationship with in order to see if you're a match. Is that fair? So if, if you like somebody and they like you, then eventually you say, okay, let's get exclusive to see if we're a match. And, and here's what we're going to suggest. If you are going deep, if you're living in a Christian community with other men and women, we would just suggest that most of what you're trying to discover in an exclusive relationship, you can discover in a brother-sister relationship. Ah, oh, I'm so glad someone said it. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I, I really, really. Okay, so here, so here, okay, here's the biggest excuse, and this is the biggest and dumbest excuse I hear from a lot of people to get into a relationship, yeah. which is basically like, it goes a little something like this, like, how will you know? <laughs> like, how, like, just. I'm like, I think people are just significantly under like, and these are people that are super socially aware, very good at investigating personalities and like, you know, they'll, they'll make, okay. So like, here, here's a good example. We'll go like, okay, I get close group of friends and all these people are deep thinkers and you know, mm -hmm. we go and hang out with a big group of people. There are some guys there. There are some girls there. Um, the guy will do something that bothers them mm -hmm. and they will be able to tell me, the guy, why, what, what he did to bother, what he did to bother him, why he did it, like a probably like what the, the kind of misconceptions that he's believing that led him to be able to do that, a potential way to confront whatever, da, da, da. but if it's a girl that they like, it's like, I have no idea what the personality is like, unless we actually start dating, you know, it's like, you can figure out exclusively, like you can figure out 90% of the way, like the way that, that they will interact with you when they're dating by things that are already there. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm like seriously 90%. Yeah. Besides the most intimate details of personal relationships, you can, I mean, you, and this is assuming that you have a relationship with this girl or guy, mm -hmm. you know, like you're, you're friends with them. Um, you'll be able to figure out just about everything. Like from, from, from interactions, you can determine how they will act, how they, like how they will act based on certain situations, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you just, you're just, you just have to be like close with them proximity wise. And I, and I think wise. that doesn't even mean that you can't ever hang out with them one-on-one. -on -one. You just don't like, that's we not, think, that's we not think what I said, be, I know, but you, exclusive relationship. Be, yeah, yeah. We think you have to be exclusive in order to hang out with someone one-on-one. -on -one. That's not, that shouldn't, it shouldn't be from jumping from point A to point F. I don't know why I chose F. Yeah. Neither do I, but yeah, <laughs> I was like, what about Z? <laughs> Well, Z is marriage, so I was trying to think of an in-between letter. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> F is... Yeah, move on. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> and what happens is you protect one person, you 
one another and you protect the community around you in ways that is God honoring. So, so what we're trying to do is we just want to press in and we want to highlight brother sister relationships. I like that. Hold on. Give me a pause there real quick. That the uh the uh the protection that you're offering. Okay, like I think this is it's important because it can be also a very selfish pursuit to mm, yeah. just want to take everything to an exclusive level because especially if because you're I mean assuming that you follow everything about their strategy up to now mm -hmm. like let's say that you do the deep thing so you're mm -hmm. you're literally selecting and intending to pursue the highest quality person of the opposite sex mm -hmm. that is in your friend group mm -hmm. and you want to become immediately exclusive mm -hmm. um, if there's a if there's, there's a ownership that happens around right like that is like, you could end up I don't know, ruining a lot more than you think. You know what I mean? Like that, the, the, the potential that could like the potential, I mean, you know, I don't know, like again, for again, like, especially here, here's the thing, like, that's fine. Except like if, if you do it because you want to figure out things that you could easily have figured out mm -hmm. without needing to be in a relationship, mm -hmm. then it was, in my opinion, kind of a waste. You know what yeah. I mean? All right. Keep going. All Sorry. Right. That was just a little. This is relationships. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, let me jump, let me add things to my notes. If we were to go on your campus ministry and do an assessment of the community, I think we would include on most campus ministries is that you are seeking out a Christian community with a worldly view of relationships. And what I mean is that you have the guys that hang out together, you have the girls that hang out together, and then you have the few people that are in exclusive relationships that are trying to figure out if they're right for each other. Mm -hmm. and say, that's not biblical. You're meant to have a community where guys and girls are getting to know each other in healthy ways, and they're finding out almost everything they would find out in exclusive relationships. But, but, but that's impossible if you don't do what he said before of not every, not every uh, person yeah. is a potential for you. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's, we're, we're so quick to look at the opposite sex as a potential romantic partner that it's almost impossible if you're in that mindset to like relate in those in mixed gender scenarios with people on a platonic basis. Right. Like it's very hard if your mindset hasn't already flipped. I have a controversial opinion that is controversial even in my family, which is that guys and girls sh shouldn't be friends. And it's because of this. I know, but it's because of this. It's because like, I, I agree that guys and girls should be friends, but I don't think that they can be because of how quickly it jumps. It, like you can subconsciously jump from this person is a, like a person I just met to a person that I could be dating. It's like, it's seriously zero to a hundred in that. Yeah. Like you go right from one category straight to the other. So I think that like the biggest thing in order for that to be a successful, to be, create a successful environment where uh, two genders can successfully coexist without needing to be romantic with each other, mm -hmm. it, it, you would need to make sure that they are not just there for the... Yeah, and I feel like if one well, person's going into it with this mindset and another person isn't, um, it might require a awkward conversation or, or just something that you say in a group of people about the way that you think... I don't know. How do you think that would that would go? That would happen. Sorry. Our dog's being very needy. You're being very needy. About <laughs> All right, lie down. Lie down. Lie like, down. how do you think it would it would work for? Because if if like say we're going into a situation thinking I just want to see these people as like my brothers and sisters or my friends, and another person is coming into this scenario like and looks at you and is like, oh, he's cute. He's a Christian potential boyfriend I, like yeah. how do you like how do you make that known without like in, like encourage them in the friend way that you're supposed to be without like quote unquote like leading them on or whatever like is there a way you, to have no that there's not that, that's the problem like you can't like if I if okay so if a okay no just okay if you like somebody and then they invite you to a some type of individual event 
you're the only thing you're thinking about is this could mean that they like me back. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what sucks. Like you, yeah. there's literally no room. So I think boys and girls can be great friends in like seriously because of the sad existence of that men- mental state. Um, and I'm about to shoot, shoot myself in the foot by saying like, <laughs> they don't think that way that you should marry them because they're, they're the right concept. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying like, if they have a, um, guys and girls, um, hanging out in an exclusive relationship is kind of a bad idea because, uh, exclusive meaning exclusive friendship, meaning one-on-one interactions. I personally think it's kind of a bad idea because there is a, um, um, because first of all, I think that you can, I, I, you know, like I said, it can lead to feelings or something like that. But also I think that the biggest, um, thing is you can, you can still observe everything you need to observe in a group situation. Okay. How let's they keep interact. listening to hear what they have to say. Cause cool. they're going to slightly disagree with you on that, but I feel like okay. you're both, you're both having the same intention. I'd right? love to hear that. And, and also told her that, that I hadn't locked in. 
it wasn't, I wasn't hers and she wasn't mine. And, and yeah, we had a preference for each other. And, and, and I, would, I would tell my man Joe in confidence, I'm like, dog, ain't nobody like Joey Felico. He's like, well, take out Tracy. I was fine, it's fine, you know? Ain't nobody like Joey Felico. You know, and, and, but I would come back encouraged and challenged. And, and I began to see, honestly, areas that Joey needed to grow in. And as you hang out with people, areas that I needed to grow in. And, uh, and it was just healthy for our heart. And there came a point where I went to Joey and I said, all right, Joey. We we know each other two and a half years. Uh, we we clearly had a thing, you know. Like uh, um, you need to shut her down with Doug Phillips. Like uh, if, if it's so so wow, good place. He would ask her out. Man, like, he's like, Joey, you come back, like, this is the most encouraging girl I've ever spent time in my life. I'm like, shut up, you know? No, I was like, that's right, she should be, she should be. And I said, it's time to shut her down. Uh, I, I would like to pursue you. I said, yeah, are you at point? I said, I'm at a point where, where uh, I, I think, I think this day's, this day's going there. I'm asking you to, um, to, if anybody else asks you on a date, say no, actually call them up, tell them, no, tell them you with me. Um, there was a time for that, and, and then, then we were there. But the point is, we had already discovered almost everything we needed to know about each other in the context of a brother sister relationship. Um, oh, yeah, why would I date somebody that? Yeah. Okay, so they said, why in the world would I date someone I'm not like romantically interested in? Because remember the uh, definition that we're kind of presenting before you, dating's not only about romantic potential, it's about encouragement, potential for encouragement. I'm going to say the the link to the blog post that I'm linking below talks about this as well, like the, the purpose behind an actual date with somebody, um, which I have done it like, like this, and I actually kind of like it. No, yeah, but... That's what I was saying before, like just a group situation in which I personally think it's better in a group situation, but you can be with anyone. There's no fear of the like sending mixed signals or there is, there, there, there is, but it, there's a lot, there's a lot more of like, you're, you're not really. I, okay. Let me, let me show this one experience. I had one guy, he, this is actually the guy that sent me this podcast. So him and I like like just have mutual mutual friends like didn't really know each other but we went to an event together and like through that um he's met with my dad a couple times for like discipleship stuff and like he knew that I was trying to date this certain way or like outside of the box like think you know like can't we just like go on dates to like, get to know people or whatever so he texted me one time and he said this was like I don't know like three years ago and he texted me one time and he just said, hey, Kelsey, I just wanted to see if you ever wanted to hang out sometime, go on a date. I don't forget exactly the words that he used, but he said, like, I don't really have feelings for you or anything, but like, I would really like to get to know you better. And I think that I, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but it's just he wanted to get to know me. And he thought, like, because we're both trying to date this way, maybe it would be a good idea if we went on a date together. And I was like that was actually a really good way to ask that. And I said, yes. And we went, we got ice cream. We went on a walk. We hung out. We talked about like intentional and deep things. And like, it was really good. And I just felt like, and there was no, like, there was no misconceptions. We were both very like guarding of our hearts, but also getting to know each other. And it was, it was also kind of fun, you know? So it was just like, and I, that's only happened to me one time that way. Um, and I, but I, but it was because like he was also coming into the relationship with that understanding, and I wish that there were more people that like also thought that way because I would say yes to first dates a lot more often if they were, you know, if they were like that. So. Now to clarify, we're not advocating that you take one person out like ten, fifteen times just to encourage them and lead them on into thinking. Yeah, that's interesting. Y'all you know, no. like, listen here. What we're saying our principles. We're um, saying altering your view of what dating means. Honestly, I'm telling you, it opened up so many doors for encouragement. We miss out on our brothers and our sisters because we don't take initiative towards doing what the Bible tells us to do. Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. And so this is the point why do you say if you are in an exclusive relationship, do not text him. Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, you didn't do this thing right. You just need to be honest. You need to bring a mentor, a pastor, a friend. If you, if you just jumped past no brother sister, just exclusive to see if this person is a man, then I would say you probably could figure out a lot of that in the brother sister. But it's not. You can have a great exclusive relationship. You just need to be honest about what it's doing. So, um, all right, got to go. Got to go. in ten minutes. Um, number three, what are some pathways to intimacy that we should be aware of? Proverbs four twenty three. Above all else, guard your heart. From the flow of the wellspring life. Guarding your heart is not protecting your heart. You're going to get hurt. You're, it's not protecting anyone from your heart. You guard your heart is this idea of keeping it Godward. So, how do you do that? There's three areas we would suggest. The first one's obvious. The second two are very important. Um, so, the first one is physical intimacy. Physical intimacy. So, um, how far is too far? Yeah. How far is too far? So, um, imagine if uh, I went up to you and I said, uh, How far should I run? 
you'll be like, uh, you ever ran? Uh, you got asthma? You know, you, uh, you got in shorts. Like, 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 uh, maybe, maybe, uh, caressing is too far. Maybe hugging, kissing. I don't know. Uh, you know, um, but I don't love the, uh, the direction of the question. The direction is how close to the line of sin can we get? And yeah. we are yes people. And Paul said, uh, all things are awful, but all things are beneficial. I will not be mastered by anything. So, so we want to just, you know, run after the Lord. But what does the Bible say about purity? The Bible is really clear. Here's what the scripture says. For this is the will of God. So you're wrestling with what's God's will regarding me and her. Well, good. I'm glad you're wrestling with that. Because we know one thing. Your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust like those who do not know God. First Timothy, treat older women as mothers and younger women as sisters in all purity. 1 Corinthians 6, 18-19, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. So here's an application. This is not a visual stance against outreach. We just think that this helped us. Um, the application is this. Uh, would you consider, uh, when, when you're dating, would you relate to another person as though they could be your best friend's future spouse? Where we go out on a date, and, and I would treat you in such a way that five years from now, if my best man married you, I could still invite you all over for games without feeling awkward. Right? Uh, I'm not going to relate to you in such a way that, that uh, my best friend one day could look at me and be like, oh man, uh, maybe why? Um, she wasn't yours. Um, Yo, mm. we, we actually. We, what do you think about that? I. Um, can you play that part back again or something? Right? Uh, I'm not going to relate to you in such a way that, that uh, my best friend one day could look at me and be like, oh man, uh, maybe why? Um, she wasn't no, yours. No, I would go back, go back farther. With a price, so glorify God with your body. Oh, so here's the This is not official stance against outreach. We just needed this help us. Um, the application is this. Uh, would you consider, uh, when, when you're dating, would you relate to another person as though they could be your best friend's future spouse? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes, I really, I really like that. It's a good. Yeah. I was gonna say something about that earlier, but I didn't know that was too weird. Like, what I was saying about the damage you could do mm-hmm. if you're. Because, you know, I didn't want to be like, because someone else couldn't be, you know, it sounds kind of weird, but it's true. Like, if you're, yeah. if you're not, end up being right for each if other. you're not, the, like, there's a 99% chance that the person that you're dating is not going to be your future spouse. Like, like, just consider it being more likely that they're not than likely that they are. And so, if it's likely that they're not, then they're probably going to be getting married to somebody else. <laughs> right. And, like, thinking and if about, they're the most eligible person in your friend group, then, you know, you would you should almost kind of hope that your other friends end up finding yeah, someone like true. that. So, Okay, I can't do it. I can't have that purity. The second one is, I won't know them if I don't 
if I'm not physically intimate with them. So there is this thought that that is a way to get to know them and then see if you have that chemistry. There's a time and a place where physical intimacy is right and it's a delight. And Adam uh, knew Eve. Yeah. Hey, we haven't, like, I don't know you very well. Can we, like, have sex? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get to know you a little bit better. Like, you know, I just thought, you know, we, we, we're, we're getting, we're, like, I, I met you the other day and was just like, we should probably get to know each other a little more. I mean, if you think about it, it from a worldly perspective, it it kind of makes sense. Like, why? Almost why wouldn't you? Like, that's what that's just normal in relationships. But it's just so damaging. Like, there's such an emotional thing that happens. Like, there's no way that people can be emotionally okay when they're like just hooking up with yeah, people all the time. Yeah, right. Like, there's no way. Hey, I met you the other day. Can we have? Can we do the absolute most extreme and close? ritual that has existed for all time like that could literally end up with you having a child of mine um please just so that we can get to know each other that physical intimacy before marriage can really hinder that honestly mm-hmm. it can be hindering and not helpful because it clouds your judgment it prevents you and can from i say i mean honestly if you're um i feel like it's it's there's something to say to be said about if you're if you're like if you're ever you know struggling with this a lot mm-hmm. and you really 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 just want to have sex mm-hmm. um, or go far or you know, whatever it's ultimately a really good um, thing to think about it in regard to like if she is the kind of person where um, you do think that you're gonna like it, it, whether you think you're gonna go far or not go far mm-hmm. if you're not gonna go far then it's gonna be damaging in all the ways that we were just saying like if it's it's not gonna be able to she's not gonna be able to date or be a consideration anywhere in your friend group or anywhere else, you know, mm-hmm. you would just, you know, wasted the only chance you have with your most yeah, eligible girl, you know what I mean? Who didn't end up being your spouse or, um, you kind of stole or sort of like you're, you may, when you, when you pursue sex first, sex becomes the foundation for a much heavier thing than sex is able to hold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say... Or I feel like another way to say that is it might not be the first thing, but as soon as you let it go there, it's bearing a lot of the weight of the relationship. Yes, like it yeah. could be the reason that you're not breaking up with the person you're supposed to be breaking up with. Right. Because you have this connection with them. Yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Well, really is, aside from the intimate, physical intimacy, we see a lot of guys um, and girls, just both vice versa, but a lot of guys who are with girls, they honestly shouldn't be with, and they know that, but they feel obligated. They've been with them to a place physically. That's what uh, I just said. Uh, uh, wow. So You're like so smart. Like, okay? And girls, vice versa. Where you've been with them intimately and you feel stuck. So when two people should be learning interests and dreams and passions, instead they're hooking up, right? When people should be learning to confess wrongs, ask for forgiveness, reconcile, instead they're hooking up. So honestly, newsflash, when you get married, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's not like me in a fight. I'm like, hold on a second, let me go put on in boxers. She'd be like, nah, you come back in here, I'm gonna throw something at you, man. No, you know, it's like we gotta talk it out. We, we you know, and, and you can learn to do that, but, but people short circuit it, right? Uh, so, so let, let me say this. Uh, uh, first time we held hands, right, was was on that day on the mountain that we got lost. Um, you remember that? Oh, we, we were we got lost, y'all, on the mountains, and it got really dark. And uh, and I was like, uh, this is how I got the hand. I was like, girl. You're probably not gonna make it climb down this mountain unless you go ahead and grab this hand right here. And, and she was like, "All right, Nutty D." And so literally, it was like, "Oh wow!" And so we got in the clear. We got in the clear, y'all. And, and she was like, "She put her hand like that," and I go, "Nah, nah." And she's like, "You can let go now." I'm like, "Nope, nope." And then, and then at the end of that night, we had our first real embrace. And y'all, I'm just gonna go and tell you, it opened the flood of desire. In the next six months, we battled and battled with our physical purity. 
we had our first kiss, we had our first makeout, and second, and, and, I, and I'm honest to tell the story, because I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I remember being so thankful to God mm. that for two and a half years, we didn't let any of that into our relationship. It was so clear, it was so pure, and then all of a sudden, we would get together with guilt and remorse and sorrow and fight, and I'm just telling y'all, like, like, you just don't need it. You don't need it. It just adds a layer on end of complexity. So, um, the third is you'll miss out. We, uh, we, we gotta finish. Uh, actually need two parts. Wrap it up. Look, I'll say this. Two other patterns of of intimacy. Number one, number two is communication. We just, the scripture says whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. So there's power in communication and we would say the principle is speak what's true and will always be true. So you don't need, fellas, you don't need to be saying I've kissed a lot of people. I've never seen in my life. He's saying that like speaking the truth is like an intimate and loving thing to do. Yes. Some of you, you don't know that's always going to be true. You just say, you look pretty Mike. And what it does, though, is it ties your hearts together. It's intimate, okay? You see, God's Word says that type of communication is just like if you were to kiss each other on the lips, okay? Yeah. It's another pathway that ties you together. So you want to be mindful. And then lastly, there is an uh, aspect of spiritual intimacy that you don't want to use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So Julia and I, we weren't physically intimate. I was watching the things I was committing to her. But uh, the guy discipling me and the guys in my Bible study, like, Maggie B, you guys are, have, you have a role in each other's life spiritually that nobody else does. Uh, you're encouraging her like nobody else. She's encouraging you. They said, so on your next date, don't take your Bible. And tell her she can't take her Bible. I was like, I got him stowing up here, fellas. And they're like, they're like, Maddie, Maddie, don't talk about God. Just talk about like life and fun and just have a blast. And, and, and what they were doing was they said, we believe that you are connecting her to you in an in, in, in intimate way. Mm. That if you guys were to break up, if stop dating one another, then uh, then there would be some some. Uh, That's interesting. Spir- like spiritual repercussions. Like, yeah, yeah, spiritual intimacy can sometimes be too much as well. That's interesting. Wow, I didn't even never consider that as a danger. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So all right. Um, so. Just to reiterate what he just said, I think that's the final point. I think that's what we'll land on is that spiritual intimacy is something to be concerned about. Maybe not as much as physical intimacy because it's not as much of a temptation, but the damage that it could do is still there. (laughs) Magnus is so loud. Um, Because the, the damage it could do is still there because if you tether that person to you in a spiritual way... That makes it. Sorry. Not, so okay, I know, but. If you tether that person to you in a spiritual way, it, it when you break up, which is most likely going to be most of your relationships, it only works one time. Um, when you break up, it's going to be much more not only harder on you emotionally, but it's going to be hard on your faith, and you're going to realize that you gave a part of your spiritual life to somebody. And so, not that you should never talk about God, not that you should never have spiritual like like encounters with each other, like. I feel like what they were saying is that's healthy sometimes, but when that is like the essence of your dating relationship, sometimes it's that's also premature when it's not within marriage. Yeah. Which is interesting. I haven't really thought. Don't think about that one as as often. Yeah. So. Agree. Okay. There's lots of stuff there. Um, I hope that was helpful for you guys. I interact a lot with people on my Instagram. Mm. It's at underscore with strength and dignity underscore. Um, so if you have any like thoughts or questions or comments about this, um, feel free to reach out to me on there. Um, if you have anything for Jackson, I'll pass it along to him. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. Ow. Oh, I just hit him. Sorry. I forgive you. <laughs> Alright, so thanks so much for listening. Um, this is just the kickoff to my whole like relationship series. We're going to be talking about friendship and singleness and marriage and all that kind of stuff. This is kind of the kickoff um, of just thinking about mostly like singleness, pre-dating, dating, romantic type relationships. Okay, bye Jackson. I'm, I'm right here. I can hear you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, we'll see you guys in our next episode. Bye.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Strength and Dignity. If you learned something or felt encouraged by this episode, take a quick second to share it with a friend who you think might enjoy it too. Hope you tune in next time.